Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm so glad that you're on your feet. I'm glad that you pressed your way and made yourself come to the sanctuary this morning so you could praise the Lord. If you are online this morning, you pressed your way too. You got out of bed. You chose to log on. And we are so glad that you did because the Lord is worthy of our praise this morning. Our call to worship comes from the 113th Psalm. It is praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from the time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. Did you come here to praise the Lord this morning? Is that your reason for being here? It should be the only reason that you got up this morning because this is the God that put breath in your lungs. So he deserves all our praise. While you're on your feet, continue to stand as our choir leads us in our morning hymn. Yeah. 
continue to stand to your feet. And this morning we're going to have our morning scripture lesson, which will come from Luke 14, verses 25 through 33. Luke 14, 25 through 33. And while you're turning in your pages looking for the scripture, if you are worshiping with us online this morning, again, we welcome you. And if you're in our chat, feel free to post where you're worshiping with us from or post pictures so we can see your Sunday morning outfit. Please feel free to participate and engage in the worship experience this morning. Luke 14, 25 through 33, it reads, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to war going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. The Lord's word is already blessed. Let us bow to him in prayer. God in whom we live, move, and have our being, our hearts are open for a unique experience with you this morning, Lord. We come to you grateful and humbly asking you to pour into this worship experience, Lord. Lord, we know that you are already here. Your presence was felt the second we entered this sanctuary, the second that we logged on. So we don't have to ask for you to come. We know that you are already here and that you were waiting on us. Lord, we anticipate all that you are going to do today in this worship experience. Let our praises be sweet to your ears. Let our waving of our hands and the singing of songs be pleasing in your sight, Lord. We only want to do what glorifies you this morning, Lord. Lord, we ask that you touch each and every heart and each and every mind, that those who came here heavy laden and burdened, that they are uplifted through the worship experience. And those who entered into worship this morning who do not have a relationship with you, Lord, that this experience moves within them and that your spirit stirs them to choose you because that's what today is all about, Lord. Lord, we magnify you. We glorify you. We are grateful for all that you are and all that you do. Lord, we thank you for how you blessed us this past week, how you revived us in revival, how your power manifested itself each and every Every day of revival and how once again you are going to move within us again today through the preached word through the prayers and through the psalms lord we love you and we thank you for all that you're doing in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen you may have your seats
Cedric D. Redmond. He is the secretary treasurer of the AFL-CIO. And on June uh, 2022, he was unanimously elected to this position and is the highest ranking African-American in this labor movement. And of course, this weekend is Labor Day weekend, and he's going to come and give you a one to two minute spiel about why we're celebrating this holiday and who he is. So, Mr. Redman, would you come and share briefly with the St. Paul congregation? Well, good morning, church. And first, let me give all thanks to Almighty God for allowing us to, for allowing all of us to wake up this morning and face another day amongst the living. We didn't have to wake up this morning, but our God felt that we was worthy for one more day in the land of the living. I want to thank Reverend Richardson and, and Reverend Dr. Scott for reaching out and allowing us union folks the opportunity to be here with you this morning. The people who are with me are local and national labor leaders who wanted to come and share with you during this worship service. As the Reverend said, I'm Fred Redman. I'm the son of Curtis and Odessa Redman. They were the son and daughter of sharecroppers from the Delta in Mississippi. And I'm Secretary Treasurer of the AFL-CIO, and we are a federation of 57 unions representing 13 million workers in every type of job across this country. We represent nurses and teachers, actors and athletes, shipbuilders, miners, auto workers, construction workers, civil servants, sanitation workers, field workers, people like you, people who go to work every day to support their families with the goal of one day retiring with the dignity and respect that you deserve. We're here in North Carolina this weekend because we are reminded during this Labor Day that Dr. King was assassinated in Memphis in 1968, but not everyone know, or some may have forgot, that he was in Memphis in support of 1,300 sanitation workers who were on strike. And they were on strike because they collected garbage, but they refused to continue to be treated like garbage. Their slogan, their slogan was, I am a man, and their demand was to be treated as such. And I am reminded this morning on, in his final speech on the eve of his assassination, Dr. King relayed the parable of the Good Samaritan. He recalled how a priest and a Levite, they came across a man who was beaten and robbed and left to suffer along the road to Jericho, a bad neighborhood a dangerous road, and the two men were nervous. They were concerned that the robbers were still around or that the man on the ground was only pretending to suffer. And they were afraid it was a trap. And the question that they asked themselves, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But when the Good Samaritan came by, he reversed that question and he asked, if you do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? And look, the question that Dr. King asked himself in 1968 
against the advice of his advisors because they were preparing for the poor people campaign is that he did, if he did not go to Memphis, what would happen to the 1,300 suffering sanitation workers? And that's why he went to Memphis. He had to answer the call of working people who were fighting for dignity and safety on the job. Walter Ruther, who was the president of the auto workers, a great labor leader, he once said that who, he who would serve God must prove he is worthy by serving men. And we have plenty of opportunities ahead of us, brothers and sisters, to prove ourselves worthy. Because as you know, as well as I, that our nation and our world, we're facing some serious and existential threats. We're in a crucial moment. Our votes is being suppressed all across the country, but especially in the South. And the poor and people of color are hit hardest. And we've seen that during the pandemic by viruses and disease, by the extreme heat and cold, by floods and wildfires, by contaminated water and contaminated air. And these injustices are beating down our democracy. It is suffering on the side of the road. And we cannot afford to walk past and do nothing. See, I believe that one day our children and our grandchildren will ask us how we responded at this moment. And we have to make sure together that we have answers. And I hope that we can say that we stopped and we helped. Despite our fear, we stood up and we together spoke truth to power. So let's make sure that we can tell our children that we responded by showing the power of our partnership, faith and labor working together, for civil rights, for social justice. We need all who believe that a worker is worth his hire pulling in the same direction. We need all who believe that we are required to look out for the least of God's children pulling in the same direction, to banish oppression in all of its forms and build a more democratic and equitable society. That's why we're here because we need to reconnect the historical bonds between the church and the labor movement. So on Labor Day and every day, I ask that God bless each and every one of you and your families. May God bless this church and may God bless our labor movement. Thank you all very much. Good morning, disciples of St. Paul and those that are visiting with us. This is the first Sunday of September, and we're, we greet you with Jesus' joy. Uh, I am in the city of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Jackson State, and Florida A&M are playing today. And so uh, I'm rooting for my Tigers, so that's why I'm here. However, uh, we're leaving you in capable hands of Reverend Brenda Richardson and our ministers, as well as the deacons for this day. There are several things I want to share with you as we move forward as far as our worship experience is concerned. The first one is I want to thank you, uh, St. Paul. We have raised uh, $26,621.56 as far as the Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned. And that is over 50% of our goal. We are well on our way to raising 
that $50,000. We want to be a blessing as far as the Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned. You will see a video during the offertory time that will show you the wonderful work that we're partnering with as far as uh, Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned. The other thing that I want to share with you is that many of you all have seen on the news the dire straits that uh, Jackson, Mississippi is in when it comes to their water system. The failure of their water system equals to, if not having surpassed that of what's going on in Flint, Michigan. And so I have been in conversation with State President uh, Reverend Reginald Buckley of the General Missionary Baptist State Convention of Mississippi to see what we can do as far as giving them uh, aid and assistance. And so what we're going to do here at St. Paul is we're going to walk and chew gum at the same time. We're going to continue to raise funds as far as uh, the Charlotte Rescue Mission, but we're also going to do something significant to help our brothers and sisters as far as Jackson, Mississippi is concerned with aid when it comes to water as well as other toiletry items. And so I'll be coming forward with you as far as that's concerned as well as talking with our board on what we can do as far as giving lift to that particular instance. I want to thank those that join us in physical space as well as on our virtual platforms for an incredible homecoming and church revival for those that gave support as far as making that a working reality as well as your presence as well as your amen and your prayers we were blessed by two of God's most gifted preachers the Reverend Dr. Jerry M. Carter and the Reverend Dr. William Houston Curtis they blessed us in a tremendous way and if you weren't able to attend go back to our Facebook or YouTube pages check them out and you can see the word that the Lord gave for them our annual men's day worship service will be taking place on Saturday, September the 24th and the 25th. The men of valor will be celebrating a wonderful time. As far as our brothers are concerned, we're going to have a prayer breakfast uh, in the park on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the men will be gathering in worship here at St. Paul. Our guest preacher will be the Reverend Dr. Harold A. Carter, Jr., the pastor of the New Shiloh Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland. Registration is open for the prayer breakfast. We have a space for about 100 men registered by Tuesday, September the 20th, so we can get an accurate account of the brothers who will be in attendance. On this Wednesday, we will have our quick 15 as far as our prayer call is concerned. We invite you to log in at 8 o'clock for a time of conversation and fellowship. And then at 8.15, we will have devotional sharing and intercessory prayer. Go to our church website to find out the numbers and how you can connect. Well, listen, I hope and pray that you all have a blessed worship uh, experience. My nephew, uh, the Reverend Dr. Willie Francois, will be preaching, and I'm going to be introducing him uh, right before the sermon selection. Amen. Pastor has given us all of our announcements. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And to Mr. Redman and your group, we thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you for the call that you have given us and given us the direction. We appreciate the walk and reminding us of, of where we've come from. And so thank you so very, very much. And we thank you for everyone that has joined you um, joined you today. We thank you so much for you all being here 
of the Chief of Staff, Mr. John Smith, and Reverend Charles Clark of the National AFL-CIO. And we thank you so much for everyone uh, being here. It is prayer time. It is prayer time. Amen. And we have many prayer concerns. We have funerals for this week. Let me know, let you know what families uh, we need to keep close to our hearts and in prayer. The family of Brother Walter Huntley, father of disciple sister Florence Hall. His services will be held Tuesday, September the 6th at A.E. Greer and Sons Funeral Home in Charlotte. The visitation will be held at 11 a.m. and the service will be at 12 o'clock noon. The family of disciple sister Virginia Lloyd, mother of disciple sister Linda Caldwell, her services will be held this Saturday, September the 10th at St. Paul Baptist Church and the visitation will be held at 11 a.m. and the services will be at noon. We have a few bereavement notices. Brother Ernest McCray, the father of disciple Devin Hall Franklin and Ivy Franklin, his service was this week in Bishopville, South Carolina. There are also the children, grandchildren, Devontae Isaac and Camille Davis. We want to remember them. The family of Brother John Wesley McClendon, father of disciple Sister Jamila McClendon and brother disciple, brother John Les McClendon and disciple Rosa McClendon. His services were held this week on Thursday. They have additional family members of sister Sherry McClendon and sister Wanda White Smith. The family of sister Mabel Hooks, mother of disciple, brother James Hooks, her services were Wednesday, August the 31st in Winterville, North Carolina. Remember also the family members, uh, Janetta Hooks, grandchildren, disciples, brother Christian Hooks, and sister Casey Hooks. Remember all of them in your prayers because we've been there. Amen. We've been there. We know where they're going through. So we want to pray mightily for them during this time. We have some hospitalized disciples that I want to let you know about as we prepare for prayer. Ms. Gwendolyn Caldwell, Mr. James Lowry, Deborah McCullough, Lisbeth Summers, and Jacqueline Weldon. And our Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond and Sister Thomasina Drummond. Other names will be going around on the scroll. Continue to pray for them as we ask Minister Erica Minor to come and take us to the throne of grace and pray for our disciples that are suffering loss and sickness. Let us go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we humbly come to you grateful today. We are grateful that you are a good shepherd and that you guide and lead and protect us each and every day, whether we ask you to, whether we pray for it, whether we even deserve it. 
You are always faithful to us. You guide us, you guard us, you surround us with your shield, and you protect us with your wall. And we are grateful, Lord, that you are always there for us. Lord, we come to you today asking for forgiveness. We know that we are not always obedient as you have instructed us to be. We know that we don't always love our neighbor as we should. We know we don't always reach out and give as generously as you have called us to do, Lord. So we ask you that you forgive us and that you help us to get back on the path of righteousness. Lord, we thank you for our congregation this morning. Lord, we are blessed beyond measure because not only do we have people in the physical pews, but we have people online and our congregation continues to grow. We are thankful for each and every soul that is part of the St. Paul family and each and every soul that is part of your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for the leadership of this house. You have given us a shepherd here over the St. Paul family. We are thankful for Dr. Scott and all of his leadership, both when he is present and when he is absent. He is a wonderful leader, and we thank you for keeping him and for blessing us with him. Lord, continue to watch over him as he travels and as he is campaigning for the General Baptist State Association, as he is preparing to do more for the kingdom through other conventions and other associations for your glory, Lord. Lord, we thank you for his family. We thank you for all of those who co-labor with him so that we can do more as a church. Lord, this morning we come to you knowing all that we have seen and heard over the past week. We have watched the news, we have read the papers, and we know that there are some things going on in this world that we have no control over, Lord, but you are still God. We learned this week and we were reminded that you are Alpha and Omega, and everything that happens on this earth happens in your watch. It happens under your care. It happens and you are still in control no matter what the outcome is, Lord, and we just have to trust you that everything that happens in between is in your hands, Lord. But we call out to you this morning asking to watch over those who are experiencing wildfires and floods, Lord. Lord, those who are experiencing hunger. Lord, those who do not have enough water or unclean water to even drink and bathe in this morning, Lord. We know that you are able to fix it and we call on you to help. We know there's nothing we can do or we don't know how to work in those situations. Lord, empower people who are in control, people who have authority, people who are in government positions, who can make the right votes, make the right decisions, allocate funds, touch their hearts that they do the right thing in those situations, Lord. And wherever they fall short, we know that you are still there to make a way out of no way, Lord. And that is what we call on you for this morning, God. God, we know that you are able to protect and provide, and we thank you for being able to do so, Lord. Lord, we ask you to move in our hearts so that we are able to do more. Even when we think we have little, we know you can turn it into a lot. Lord, bless our mission efforts in this church as we prepare to bless the men's rescue mission. And as we prepare to bless those in Mississippi and those who are still in Flint, Michigan with unclean water. Let the St. Paul family be a blessing to those near and far, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing in this worship experience. Lord, bless the preacher who has come on today. We know that he has a word that you have poured into his spirit. Lord, give him the confidence to bring it to us this morning so that it will be an instrument of salvation, so that it will revive us, but also bring souls to you, Lord. Lord, we thank you 
we thank you and we love you for everything that you're doing. And all that we have asked, we know that whatever we have asked for, if it is according to your good and perfect will, you will make it so. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. If that prayer didn't touch you somewhere, amen. God bless you, sister. God bless you, minister. Amen. That prayer should have touched your situation. Amen. It should have brought you comfort. Amen. God bless you, minister minor. For a powerful, powerful, awesome, awesome prayer. God bless you. Yes, it touched me. I hope it touched you. Amen. I hope it did. I hope it touched your situation this morning. God bless you. Let us continue. Let us continue, if we can, in our worship as we prepare to give. Giving is worship. Amen. Giving is worship. Giving is worship. Well, it is offering time. And before we get ready to raise the offering as far as our work and witness and worship here in St. Paul, uh, I've asked you to help us raise $50,000 as far as the Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned. They are building a new facility. We're considered to be one of their partners as far as that's concerned. I want you to check out this video, Miracle on Cedar Street, and see why we're doing what we're doing as far as a sense of home mission is concerned. And please, when the offering comes, give from the bottom of your heart, liberally and generously, to help us make this a working reality for Charlotte Rescue Mission. When you walk into the Charlotte Rescue Mission Rebound Men's Program, it's a 92-year-old building. Screams 92 years old. And it contradicts the message of the ministry. We say that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. But we're housing men, we're putting them through counseling programs in a building that's less than that. And it contradicts everything that we're saying. The heartbeat of Charlotte Rescue Mission is transformation. One word, that's it. We focus on individuals struggling with addiction and uniquely work from the inside out to address the root cause. And we accomplish that by providing professional, free, Christian residential recovery services for a population that could never afford it on the open market, but it's made possible through the generosity of our donors. The physical facilities are basically antiquated, out of date, but we have been, as an organization, ingenious enough to try to make it work. But there are things that cause us to say, well, if we thought really much of the folks that we're trying to serve, we'd put them in a more dignified environment. We shouldn't have uh, facilities that are not accessible to those who can't climb a couple of flights of stairs. By building a new building, it sends a message that we care about the people we get, even from the first day they walk in. already become a part of that giving, please make that decision 
today, amen? We're over halfway there. We're over halfway there. As we prepare to give, there's a song that came to my mind this morning, and it just simply said, um, All I have needed, thou hand has provided. All I have needed, thou hand has provided. So let us give to the God that provides. Amen. Let us give to that Jehovah Jireh. He says, I've already provided. I'm going to give you everything that you need. So we have an opportunity to give back to a gracious God that loves us enough, loves us so much that he wants to give us everything. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to give, let us pray.